In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you are a Christian. You live in this world today. You call yourself a Christian. And let's just say, let's play pretend for a moment, that somebody comes up to you on the street. They see you walking out of Grace Lutheran Church. And they say, hey, you're a Christian. You believe in God. Who is God? Can you tell me who is God? What are you going to say? How are you going to describe God? What are you going to say that God seems like? It seems like a fairly basic question, and maybe also kind of an important one, but how are you going to describe God to somebody else? What kind of answer would you give? Maybe you're going to be tempted to jump to the things that are at the foremost and first in your head. He is powerful. He is almighty. And he knows everything, including what is in your heart. Sort of like Santa Claus. He knows when you've been naughty or nice. He knows when you've been sleeping he knows when you're awake. This is my Christmas in July sermon. <laughs> you might also say God is so awesome. He's so powerful. And while that's true, that really doesn't tell us a whole lot of who he is. Bacon is awesome in my mind. But do I put it on the same path as God? You might say, well, God created everything which is true as well. I know plenty of people, though, who are angry with the world and how the world is. They're angry with the universe and how things have turned out for them. You might even say, well, God is love. That's what the Bible says. God is love. But even that's a little abstract, at least in this present day, because we don't even know how to define love. Who is God and what is God all about? What is he like? Says the person outside of this place. Today's passage from the gospel has often been used by our society against the church. Judge not lest you be judged. Condemn not lest you be condemned. Don't you dare talk to me about what's right and what's wrong, O oh Christian, and don't tell me what your God thinks about me and my life and what I've done with it. Don't you dare judge me, because the Bible says, do not judge and do not condemn, which is true. But if we really want to describe God to somebody else, I would say go to the very beginning of our reading today. Be merciful. As your Father in heaven is merciful. Hey, who is God? God is merciful. Do you notice how many times we've sang or said mercy today? Lord have mercy, cries. Oh, we just sang this like a minute ago and now we're singing it again. Lord have mercy on us, Christ have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. If you want to tell people who God is, talk to them about his mercy. Well, what is mercy, pastor? What does mercy mean? 
And what's the difference between that and grace? We go to Grace Lutheran Church, not Mercy Lutheran Church. What's the difference? Easy way to remember this. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. That's who God is. You want to know who God is? You want to know what makes him tick? It is his merciful attribute. His defining nature is to be merciful to you and to me. He's not defined by being all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. He is merciful. And he uses his power, his might, and his wisdom in order to show you his mercy, which you don't deserve and neither do I, but yet he gives it to us nonetheless. I think that's one of the problematic things that we have as a church today. When we think about God, and as we go out in our lives and try to show who God is, we don't think first and foremost that he is merciful. Yet in our liturgy, which comes from the early church from Africa, which was written by so many of our early church fathers, over and over again, we are constantly praying and saying, Lord, have mercy. A.K.A. don't wipe me out for what I've done. Don't smoke me. Don't destroy me and wipe me off the face of the earth. Who is God? God is mercy. Listen to what Jesus says again today. He centers everything on mercy. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. What kind of God do we have? Basically, really, it could be put this way. How you view God is how we're going to view each other. How you view God is going to shape how you treat each other and everything in life. If you think that God is some sort of white-haired, bearded, judgy sort of nitpicking sort of God in heaven, whose primary way of looking at you is saying, ah, 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 oh, what are they doing? I can't believe they're doing it again. Then how are you going to look at each other? How are you going to look at everybody else? If you are always checking for flaws, if you are always harsh, if you're always critical, if you're always angry toward everybody else, then that's obviously the way that you view God as well. And what's even worse is that's how you will worry about how people look at you and your life. How your life will be run and organized 
on the basis of being all judgy. And you'll even think at times that you're impressing God by acting this way. The problem is that it's a lie. It's messed up. And downright makes us miserable. Or maybe you go beyond the judging and the nitpicking. Maybe you're out to condemn. We like this, don't we? The blame game. So many people's favorite ideology today. You don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing because you haven't lived in my shoes. And if I had a different life, a different path, things might have been different, but I did it and I'm justified for the way that I acted. Find the right people to blame. Find the right people to be angry about. The thing is, is that the finger pointing keeps going and the condemnations get thrown around more harshly and harshly and the circle of good people gets smaller and smaller and you worry more and more when your friends are going to condemn you and write you off and you think that this whole world is going into the garbage bag and you're saying it's all messed up and all miserable. By the way, the number one rule in preaching class was the pastor must preach to himself. So it's not just you. It's me too. In opposition to what our flesh craves and what the world craves, a dog-eat-dog -dog world, God is merciful. His primary focus, his plan, his desire is to love, to forgive, and to give you mercy, to give you his good things. God actually wants to forgive you. That's the whole point of Jesus. God becomes man, goes to the cross, dies himself, so to save us in his mercy. And he's not sitting up in heaven looking for nitpicking reasons to condemn you even more. He knew already that you couldn't save yourself, so Jesus has done the verbs. Jesus has done the work. He did it for you, and your Father is appeased and glad because of it. He's glad and eager and willing to forgive because of Christ's mercy. And his mercy is full and rich and grand and broad and wide. He's not miserly with his mercy. He's not one who says to us, well, I'll give this out unless you prove to me that you really mean it. And he's not looking at us saying, you better not need any more of my forgiveness, bub. Don't make me come down there. He already has. His forgiveness is full, thick, shaken down, pressed down, overflowing into your lap. That's who your merciful God is, the one who is rich in mercy and abounding in steadfast love and forgiveness, won for you by Jesus Christ. But if you don't see his mercy, if you don't define him by his mercy, if you want things run by a judgy and condemning world, if you want God to be your big boss man up in the sky, well, you'll be of no use to anyone. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not, both not fall into a pit? If you forget who God is, if you forget his mercy, 
You'll never lead anyone to God. You'll never give anybody the love and mercy of Christ. Instead, you'll just drag them into some sort of judgy, condemning, bitter, grousy pit. And we'll constantly be playing the same old sinful games. And that's not only going to harm our community, but it's going to harm you as well. It's going to make your life miserable. When you grouse and complain about your neighbor, it doesn't fix anything. This is why in the church we are constantly focused on God's mercy. At least ten times today we've said it. This is why we are focused week in and week out on the forgiveness. Because we need to have our eyes propped open on the forgiveness won for us by Christ. The mercy that he shows to us. Otherwise we will not find to show mercy and love to others. We'll abandon forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer is absolutely right. We forgive others only because He has forgiven us. And when we no longer want to forgive others, we'll flee and run away from God's forgiveness for us. But your God is mercy. And He loves to forgive. And that's what He does for you. He forgives you. And teaches you. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. As Luther says, you go out of this place as little Christs. Little people giving love and little people giving mercy and little people giving hope to a hopeless world. The purpose and point is that we who are forgiven much learn to forgive our neighbor much. And we learn to remember that God is merciful, and so we show that same mercy we have received to our neighbor. That's really my hope and prayer for us as a congregation. As we bid farewell to Eileen today as our deaconess, that's the one thing that she has truly shown to us. That being a Christian is not just simply something in our thoughts, in our words, but also our deeds. Being a people of mercy is what she has shown us and what we've been blessed by. And it is my prayer that we continue to be a people of mercy, taking care of those less fortunate, taking care of those who are taking care of us in our communities, showing love and mercy no matter where people are at in their life, not looking at the speck in their eye when we don't see the log in our own, looking at everyone around us with the mercy of Christ, with the knowledge that Christ Jesus himself laid down his life for them as much as you. And that's it. Did you walk out of here today? Hey, who is God? God is mercy. Say it with me. God is mercy. One more time. God is mercy. And that's the part at times, although we think might be a little too easy, maybe we have to do something more. No. It's been done. It is finished. We don't have to work it out in order to butter up to God. And there's a part of that that might be annoying to us because it lets everybody else off the hook. But in the end, our sinful flesh will rear its ugly head time and time again, fighting against God who is mercy. 
God's mercy to us and God's mercy to the entire world. But here's the thing. You don't get to change, God. Your heart and mind and flesh don't get to change, God. And whether you're taking this today to heart or whether you're saying, I don't buy it, I don't like it, I'm not going to live by it, his mercy will continue on. Whether you want him to be merciful to this world or not. Instead, what he does out of his love and mercy crushes us in our sinfulness and pulls that giant log out of my eye all so that I can have my heart of stone taken and ripped out of me and given a heart of flesh that pulses and bleeds the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what God is doing for you. This is what God did for us through Eileen and what God will continue to do for us in this congregation all by the power of his word. And yes, at times we will miss it. We will forget it. We love the logs in everybody else's eyes. But God remains who he is. Not merely almighty, all-powerful, and all-knowing, but God is your merciful and loving father. And he will always, always, always continue to show mercy, which is why we will continue saying in this place, Lord, have mercy, all until the day when we arise anew with the perfect life in the presence of him forever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.